the folkloric musical traditions of Chiapas, Mexico, playing regional and popular favorites from across Mexico and Latin America. It all takes place at the Lenexa City Hall, 17101 West 87th Street Parkway in Lenexa. For more information on these and many other events in our area, go to kkfi.org slash artskcgo. This is Maria Vasquez-Boyd, and you're listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Boyd, yay, <laughs> with you from noon to one on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio, Art Speak Radio, thanks, we're here with you live, we've got some wonderful guests, we're going to have a great hour, so stick around, we'll be right back with Teresa Dirks, Laura Nugent, and Sue Moreno. to talk about art. And I've got these wonderful women in the studio with me today. Teresa Dirks, hello, my friend. Hello, Maria. Thank you for having us. You bet. Laura Nugent. Hi, Maria. Hello, hello. And Sue Moreno. Sue in the house. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're so lucky that we've got the three here because they're such powerhouses here in the arts community. And we're really going to talk about art what our experiences have been as, as women artists, as artists, uh, what are some of the, the obstacles, what are some of the joys that we've had creating art? Because we're here in Kansas City and, and there's just so much support and opportunity for us to, to share our art um, that we want to have a discussion about, you know, everything art. So, you know, uh, I, I want to say that uh, for all of us here, working artists, painters, and um, I know for Sue Moreno, she's also a performer, and she's also been recently on the Swedish uh, death cleaning program. On Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That uh, was uh, produced by Amy Poehler, right? In Scout Productions, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and a bit about that is that uh, the premise is that, you know, you're wanting to purge yourself of things in your home that are kind of clogging your your life and you want to kind of find a place for them a way so that you can really begin to focus on the the positive and and the wonderful uh, life that you lead without the clutter in a sense right Sue? Exactly it's about uh, making sure that your life is 
constantly being present and engaging with everything that you own and giving it to people while you're alive and they're alive mm. and passing it on and telling the stories that goes with that. You know, and I, <laughs> I think as artists, we're all resourceful. So it's like, mm, I, I hate to admit this, but even when I went to the grocery store the other day, I found all these uh, stems from pumpkins. The pumpkins were gone, but the stems. And I went around picking them up because I'll need them for something. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that's kind of how we work as artists, what, how, how resourceful we can be. What's some things that you've kept that you think, uh, one of these days? I have saw blades, rusty old saw blades. You're going to paint on them, aren't you? Yes, something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a sculpture of some sort. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and lots of other weird things, yes. You know, you just never know where they're going to fit in in your life, you know. I had a bunch of uh, trolls, and I had to hide them when the Swedish death cleaners came because I couldn't get rid of them. And it reminded me of your uh, dolls that you collect, Maria, Yeah. because these trolls uh, date all the way back to the 60s. Wow. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I think there's something practical about that because, I mean, not only is it you know, a sentimental, but there's also maybe a, a, a value attached to them too. Yeah, that's more than just the sentiment, right? Yeah, just a weird kid. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, fast up. What are you? What are you saving? I am unable to let go of the work of other artists that I have collected. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like in a lot of ways, it's a reminder of how how it feels to be on the other side of that when you're an artist, that the, the, the collector yeah. and what that means to them, the recollection that they have of buying your work and the mm, whole story mm-hmm. behind it. And they maybe they catch a glimpse of that work and they remember that whole experience that they had with you. Oh, I like nice. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I, I'm happy that everyone's tuned in today and listening or listening online, dot. O-R-G. You know, I, I want to say that um, if we could go around and tell us a little bit uh, about yourself to our listeners, um, how long have you been practicing art, um, studies, and that sort of thing. So let's start with Teresa. Well, I started uh, in black and white photography when the boys were small. Um, and I have a photo or photograph of my sister and I. I'm maybe five and she's one. And it's a black and white, and it's hand-colored. And I was just oh, always nice. fascinated with that. So that really got me started in that. Um, and from that, I you know, began painting later on, probably mid-'90s, early-'90s, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, early-'90s, yeah. Um, and um, my work has really evolved over the years, um, especially after the pandemic. Um, my... I, my work had been primarily linear, and uh, now it, it's not. It's everything. It's everywhere. It's uh, very um, joyful and playful, but with reverence to what we went through uh, during that time. So, yeah. And I want to mention Teresa's website is Teresa Dirks, D like in David, I-R-K-S dot com for more information about, about her work and that sort of thing. And, and I want to say that uh, not only has... It is her work just really beautiful and textural and really 
sort of organic, but uh, recently uh, you took some work down from University Health, the hospital there, because they had an opportunity to, to show it above their raised bridge, the cross. It's the Healing Arts Bridge, oh, okay. yes, yeah. and yeah. Um, very fortunate and such a beautiful space and um, wonderful experience. Um, and I hadn't really announced it yet. It, it won't be out until later, um, but they acquired two pieces of mine oh, uh, awesome. for a new building they're building. So it'll be in storage for a while, but I look forward to sharing that with everyone. Well, congratulations. So, thank you. I mean, that, that's, that's what we'd like uh, what happens sometimes for artists is that we have these opportunities and then they turn into, yeah. Some it, it was a beautiful collectors. experience. I met Good. some wonderful people, Faith and um, uh, other people. And um, anyway, just very honored to have, have that happen. So Very good. Thank you. Thank very you. good. And we want to uh, switch to Laura Nugent. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your arts I have also been painting for about 30 years. I went to college and got my degree in painting at the Maryland Institute College of Art, which now they call MICA. And I've always been a painter since then. That's always been my chosen medium with very little divergence. Mm. Uh, I've lived all over the country. I've shown my work all over the country and been in Kansas City for 20 years now mm. uh, working in different studios around the city, currently in the West Bottoms, uh, the Wholesome Building, Wholesome Studios in the West Bottoms. Yeah, and you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but I, I do wanna mention that uh, open studios are taking place at Wholesome Studios at 1200 West 12th Street, uh, November 10th. That's from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and November 11th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And there's a whole mess of artists there in 30 that artists. Yeah. Wow. Three artist-run gallery spaces and a project space for a prominent art collection in Kansas City. That's what you will find at Wholesome Studios. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's a really convenient location because you just come off the 12th Street Bridge and it's right kind of tucked behind it. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening this weekend. I know our next guest, Sue Moreno, has been, like, crazy busy. Uh, you know, <laughs> Dia los Muertos. And uh, she's been an art teacher, uh, retired art teacher, um, taught for 35 years, right? Yes, yeah. 35 years. Yeah. And currently... You are, your work is exhibited in a layered presence at the Nelson Atkins Museum. Congratulations to you for that. You also, Maria. Thank you. Yes, you know, congratulations to you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Nelson-Atkins.org. But aside from that, uh, you, you continue to make work, and you've been very instrumental in the Dia Los Muertos um, celebrations this week. And tell us about that. Well, it's... Uh, I got started when uh, working in that went back in the 70s, and I uh, finally retired after 35 years of teaching in the Kansas City Public School District and the Hickman Mills School District, and I've always had a passion for community art, and I feel like um, my goal in life has always been a vessel for change from when I first was recruited to the University of Iowa because of lack of uh, people of color mm. back in the EEOC days they came in and recruited us all the way to uh, being the first uh, 
Chicana to receive uh, Title 19 for shot putting at the University of Iowa. Wow. And so I've always been a a vessel Uh for change. Yeah. And so I continue that now that I'm retired, it's become this passion that is not, does not even seem like work, where I've been involved with uh, Maddie Rhodes, Jenny Mendez, yay! Uh, Latino Art Foundation, Deanna Munoz, yay! And then also the Guadalupe Center and other organizations. And we get together down at Arts Tech, and I decided I'm bringing everybody together every Tuesday, and we're going to create, and we are going to participate in four parades. And And we did. And we made these. Some of us were artists, some of us were not, but we had so much fun, and now we're collectively a group that just loves hanging out with each other because the goal was fun, community, and collaboration. Well, and and you know, to that, Sue, it was, it wasn't just, uh, I mean, it was uh, generational. You saw younger children participating and older adults. So it wasn't like, okay, it's only for 12 year olds. And, you know, uh, so it's really was for everyone. I want to mention too, that, uh, you may recognize Sue's name because she was instrumental in Womantown. And that was yes. just an important part in our history in Kansas City. Let's talk about Thank that. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. It, and it still is. The yeah. mayor will be putting up a plaque on the corner of Charlotte and uh, 27th that recognizes myself and all the women and my partner, Beverly Powell, uh, RIP, rest in peace, uh, that created this community of women because there was no place for us at that time as women to get loans to purchase homes and get the things that every household wants and every family wants is safety, community, and some place to invest. So we invested in Longfellow and it became Womantown. And because of Andrea Nadinsky and um, Maria, I mean, not Maria, Lord, sorry, Maria, (laughs) Marianne Hopper, they went around and recruited. We had a total of 71 lesbian women from all over the United States that moved to Kansas City because of back then in the days, we didn't even have cell phones. We used (laughs) uh, the the bookstore on the corner right across the street um, and put it on uh, the board. Yeah. Posted. Yeah, bulletin boards and that sort of thing. Well, and, and I and I thank you for for that because it, it's been um, it's been a real journey for you and for the women that that helped create this neighborhood that was so viable and, and continues to exist. Um, I think there is uh, some documentary. There is a documentary mm-hmm. out about that, and I would just possibly Google that and maybe find it on whatever. Uh, platform it's streaming yes thanks to sandy woodson Woodson, she did the documentary of that and then that's how the swedish death cleaners uh came and they wanted some diversity and that's why i'm glad you had this program today because i think the power of women especially Mm -hmm. the ones that are at this Mm -hmm. table we're overlooked we're underrepresented and it's our time ladies yeah it's our time women agreed it it really is and and you know to that i want to ask a a question about um are are we as artists are we to assume a role as activists is that is that who we are do we how, how do we um attach that label to our work what does our look 
What does our work look like as activists? So ponder that. Well, I think, uh, first of all, I think it's really important to let yourself be vulnerable and show who you are authentically. Mm -hmm. I think that was the largest step once I retired and left the district that I was able to live in my uh, authentic self being a le out lesbian and promoting women. And I found myself being a vessel for change. And it came through just being myself, just showing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing show up yeah i would agree with that i love that yes um for myself um i always you know as an empath i internalize mm. everything and and so the reflection of what was going on in the world brought about my change in my work um you know, we saw the pandemic, we saw all the social injustices, we saw George Floyd, we saw all these horrific things, food uh, insecurities. Um, mm. You know, everyone's life was turned upside down. Of course, I, I also have aging parents, and so that was a, a major concern of mine as well. Um, but it's, from that, you know, um, my work, I... I used the palette of, of black and white because that was what was happening. And um, and then found, you know, it, it was internalized inside myself about how, how do I find joy in this? Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. so there mm -hmm. was so much good that yeah. came out of that. Yeah. I mean, it was horrific, it still is. Um, but the power of people who like Sue, who are, are out there making a difference and doing the doing the good work, and um, so you know my work developed with rainbows and and pinks for female empowerment. Um, I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm a little. No, that that's fine. You know, and and sometimes it's it's not even a, a particular piece of work that that is shouting in your face. Sometimes it's a subtle uh, sort of a silent scream. Sometimes it's yes. just being an ally. You know, look, I'm here and yes. I support yes. you. And yes, this is, absolutely. You know who I am for you, and I will stand up for you. And sometimes it's just that. So it's not necessarily you know in your face activism, but just you know. Uh, maybe just a, a declaration sometimes. Correct, yes. I think that's a good way to look at yeah. it. But but just, um, you know, being outspoken, I think as an artist, that's, that's yeah. a very relevant thing to be. Yeah. And um, my work, our, our works might not always show that, but, but being outspoken, you know, with social media and yeah. with your friends and, yeah. and, and bringing those things to light, I think is important um, and sharing that information. So. Yeah, and Teresa, with you, I, I think uh, you put together a show that was sort of uh, kind of <laughs> put on hold during COVID and that was at the Unitarian show and that was about jazz and that was bringing jazz and poetry together uh, through the arts. Yes, and thanks to you uh, for the idea. Um, anyway, um, it, I was approached to develop some work uh, for John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, I spent a year researching and and started started the work. And in mm-hmm. March of 2020, I was working with poet uh, T. L. Sanders and then Huascar Medina, and um, we developed a show and scheduled for April. Well, we know what (laughs) happened. (laughs) Yeah. And then we rescheduled for July, and we know what happened. And then we rescheduled for October and again. So we finally had the show in August of 2021. And it was um, one of the most powerful shows I've ever been involved in uh, with TL and Huascar, not only responding to A Love Supreme, uh, but the community that came in, the church, and then also just um, their uh, extended vision of what love yeah. means. So yeah. it was it was very yeah. powerful. So thank and, you for mentioning that. Well, you were the right person for that because, as as you mentioned, you know your your work is about um, it, it's about beauty and sort of that joy that you know um, sometimes is often unsaid. My work has, you know, I guess presented joy yeah. over the past 20 years. Yeah. That's that's where it's been. And, and I, I've tried to divert from that, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. It just won't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever been outwardly an activist when it came to art. Uh-huh. I, I feel that... My, my reasoning, my original idea about becoming an artist was about being an observer. And then as Teresa, you said, a reflector. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I haven't scrutinized my own work as I make it for meaning. Uh-huh. Uh, but in retrospect, I do see that I can, I can refer back to things that were happening at the time that I was making yeah. it. Uh, all I think Jerry Salt said in one of his books that all all art is contemporary art, no matter when it was made. It was contemporary to the time, and so looking back three years, I can definitely see some of the initial feelings that were happening within me about, say, the pandemic. Mm. There was a little mm. bit of a that initial giddiness almost of oh, it's just a couple weeks and we're all going to be in the studio and it's going to be okay and then as it has as it did drag on and the response to it was I think a lot of us would say now maybe not as it should have been that it started to separate people started to make some people feel very isolated and Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. and hurt and afraid to express oh gosh, their opinions yeah. or their independence about things uh, that I, I definitely was internalizing a lot of those feelings instead of talking about them and just focusing on making artwork in my studio that I think someday I can refer back to and say that that is what that work was about. I'm not interested in being seen, quote unquote, uh-huh. you know, which is sort yeah. of a youthful expression, yeah. particularly at the age that I am now, I'm interested in the thing that I'm putting between myself and the world being seen. 
You know, and, and I like that point mm-hmm. that, you, that you just made, and everyone here is shaking their heads yes. I want to pursue that a little bit more, but we're going to just uh, take a quick break, and then we're, we'll get back to that, because I really like that. And, uh, yeah, so stick around. We'll be right back with Artspeak Radio. This is Mary Girl On Shots in the Night Radio Theater, I have played a rodent fortune teller. There are over 400 species of rodents in the asphalt jungle. My name is Tibble, mouse and psychic medium. A dog stool pigeon. You know, we Basenjis ain't got the normal bark and such. A crab princess. Mumbly jumbly fishies family. Join me and my favorite characters on Shots in the Night at 7 p.m. on the second Thursday of each month. Thank you for listening to KKFI. Be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI 901FM as we are now adding new content to our social media sites every day. And thank you again for supporting this station since 1988. This is Maria Vasquez-Boyd on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio, Art Speak Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. Live from the studio, we have Teresa Dirks. Hello, my friend. Hello, Maria. We have Laura Nugent. Hello. Hi, Maria. And Sue Moreno. Yay. Hi, Maria. Hello, hello. We have this wonderful opportunity to, to talk about things um, in, in arts with, with each of us, our experience and all that. And Laurie, uh, if you would repeat what you mentioned, uh, what uh, you said just before we went to break, because I think this is an interesting point that we can um, talk about uh, a little more. The idea about the artwork that you make, your primary expression is the thing that you place between yourself and the rest of the world. That's the thing that you want people to focus on, mm-hmm. maybe more so than, than you know, all of our imperfect way of expressing things with language and this and that, that, that can we put all of that into an object or a performance or something of that nature for then people to ruminate on and discuss. I like that, too, because I think that makes me think of why now I've taken the uh, opportunity to showcase and get as many underrepresented artists, dancers, uh, poets to come together because life is so short. The pandemic, it it was so fearful and so scary, but then if anything, it regenerated me to think of Mm -hmm. how short my life is and how important it is to contact and keep in touch with community and people and use that as a vessel just to connect people. That's right, emphasize. And I'm trying to do that now with just being the connector, not being totally involved, just connecting Uh, people. You're the glue. You're the glue. I I don't mind being super glue. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I can go home. (laughs) And Teresa, did you want to respond to that? Um, I I think they both said it beautifully. Um, Our work is what we want to share with the world, and um, and sometimes it will have a message, and sometimes it won't. But 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 we want to share what I consider when when I create it's a love I'm, I want to share that love with the world mm-hmm. and um, you know if, if I can help make the world be a kinder place then um, that's what's important to me to, to make that 
I step. like that. I like that. You know, I, I think there's so many expectations that, number one, that people have as artists, okay? Number two, I think there's such a huge expectation that people weigh on women artists. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? Have you had that experience? Do you have any comments or thoughts or agree or disagree? Well, I agree totally because I think, Maria, if you think about it, how many statues have you seen dedicated in a community to a woman that is an artist, a poet, a mm. dancer? Mm-hmm. We have all of these uh, figures that we look up to. We take pictures when we go visit different cities. But think about it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and, and I grew up in the 70s, so my art history was basically the classics and the same tried and true you know Picasso and Rembrandt and all of that I didn't recognize that uh, there were women artists Mm -hmm. until I was in college and that is highly unacceptable it truly is Um, there's so many wonderful artists um, that are underserved and underrepresented and um you know we we do have a great community in kansas city and i think things are changing um and and i was delighted to Mm -hmm. see the nelson do um Mm -hmm. the show that both of you ladies are in Mm -hmm. um and it you know it's important to to hear those voices and i think we need to stand up and say hey we want more you know yeah we want to be represented represented and um yeah so yeah i'm yeah, I'd like to take it even as far back as uh, when uh, I was growing up, my mother sewed all of my clothing. I thought, oh, my God, I hate it. I wanted to go to the store and get oh. them. And so, and, but then those, t- those kinds of art are never appreciated, right. like yeah. embroidery, weaving, yeah. uh, cooking. It's women's art. Right, yeah, but it yeah. has so much power, and yeah. that's how that's our foundation, yeah. not only for survival, but also to stay in the background. But now mm-hmm. I see that we're uh, gathering and supporting each other. That's what, to yeah. me, is the most important, to support yeah. each other. I think so, too. Yeah. I, did you all see the show at the Kemper this summer of Virginia Jaramillo? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the message of that show is to stay healthy. Because she is 83 years old, and that was her first solo museum yeah. exhibition. Wow. Brought about by the former curator, Erin Jizik, uh, who followed her and, and was with her for five years putting that exhibition together because of one piece that mm-hmm. the Kemper had in their collection that Erin discovered. And there are many artists of Virginia's. Uh, age, mm-hmm. the 80s yeah. and, and yeah. 90s still, who are yeah. still around and still painting. And so right. I tend to, instead of thinking about things as like a zero-sum game, that there's limited mm-hmm. opportunities, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of the timing. Yeah. And so make your best work, make better work and better work so that when the thing comes for you, you've got just incredible work to show for it, the time that you've lived. 
Agreed. Uh, Carmen Herrera is another one of those artists that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she hadn't hadn't shown much. And 106 years old, I know. right? When she, I know. Yeah. I, I hope to grow up and be her one day. <laughs> Um, it was something last week you were talking about, Maria, uh, talking about the show at, at UMKC, and mm. they were talking about yeah. women, in particular, their salaries and how mm-hmm. we, you know, white women have, I forget what the percentage was, mm-hmm. but then Latino women and then black women, you know, and it just goes down and goes down and goes down. And then when you have a child on top of that, oh, the... Yeah. Just the it's 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 not a punishment, but it, it it's um, uh, it's it's an extreme disadvantage, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, in in earning money, and and it's somewhat it's true that way in art. I feel, um, you know, when you're a mother or when you're a caregiver or whether you're, um, you know, any of those things, yeah. um, you have to take the time to do that and and. So it, it is a challenge. It is yeah. a challenge. So. Yeah, I, and, and I would say that we have, uh, we perform so many roles um, as women artists, uh, as perhaps the caregiver, the, you know, of course, the cook, the house, all of that. I mean, and, and you throw in um, older parents and, and that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes you're a single um, mother of, right. of you know, working mother and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to traverse. You know, um, I just, I feel like through the through the centuries, through, for, for so long now, I almost feel that women have had this sort of um, Horton hears a who mentality. We are here. <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. are here. Yes. And yes. we've been shouting this for, for, uh, so many centuries and in, in throughout our lifetime that you know I just want to make sure that we get that recognition we get that acknowledgement yes you do you do have a place in politics in education in arts in science and all that we're we're here we're not just sort of you know um, indexed in, in the back of the book you know but yeah. uh, I just need to, to make a real quick break. We need to do uh, air this take two. We'll talk a little bit, and then we'll be back on air for Artspeak Radio. Stick around. Hi, I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two, two takes at a movie currently playing in theaters or streaming. A flamboyant lawyer attempts to dig up some justice in The Burial, an Amazon Prime drama inspired by a true story. The Burial is a courtroom drama that takes place in the South in Biloxi, Mississippi, 1995. Tommy Lee Jones is a Biloxi funeral home director dealing with a lot of money troubles. and trying to get free from his debt, he makes a deal with a Canadian funeral home conglomerate that has created an empire of funeral homes with questionable practices. When Jones realizes he's in a bigger mess with this Canadian group, he turns to a flashy lawyer played by Jamie Foxx. Their relationship and their great dialogue is fun to watch. 
They both talk in dialect they're comfortable with, and it adds authenticity to the story that really happened. Fox gives a magnetic performance as Willie E. Gary, a personal injury lawyer who took on this big corporation in a contract law case in spite of having no experience in the field. Fox is compelling, but Jones is equally good in a believably understated performance. It's a good story, and photos of the real people Fox and Jones play are shown at the end. The burial is a real surprise. It's a crowd-pleasing David versus Goliath social drama that uh, probably should have been given a theatrical run before it appeared on Amazon Prime. This is fun to watch, but it's also engaging. Two Oscar-winning actors perfectly cast in a film with an effective underdog story that will appeal to a wide audience? (laughs) The burial is a winner. I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two. You're listening to Artspeak Radio on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Got a great team of artists here. Strong women, Teresa Dirks, Laura Nugent, Sue Moreno. We're here talking in the studio about our work, about art, about the, the, the privilege of being an artist and really gaining some recognition. During the break, Sue brought up uh, a, a point that she wanted to, to make on air. So you want to talk about that, Sue? Yeah, I just wanted to mention the change that I've been seeing, especially in the uh, area of the Nelson Atkins uh, has put together. But they, I don't think it could have happened without the leadership of these strong women yeah. that have positions now that are making change. Stephanie Fox Knapp. Uh, Carrie, I don't know her last name, and Charlotte, they were the A-team working with 22 different artist personalities, laying everything. (laughs) They were fantastic, and they made that happen, and I think they just need to get the kudos of the uh, workmanship and the leadership that they showed in in bringing community together. You know, I think when when you work with artists, it's difficult um, in in terms of, you know, their time and uh, sort of uh, timelines and that sort of thing. But you're working with 22 artists Mm -hmm. uh, and it it began with the letter of, you know, this is what we're doing, outlining what the program was about. And then the timeline, we want to make studio visits and this and that. And and having a clear um, sort of calendar of what to expect, what we're going to need from you, what we want. Um, and that sort of thing, and, and keeping people on task. And then the finally coming to fruition with the exhibition at, at the Nelson, which is going to be up through the September of 2024. That's a huge task. Yeah. And, and not only that, it wasn't just for this present um, layered presence, but for the two previous shows, Testimony, the, uh, the African American show that first kicked off the series, and then the Asian American show, I believe, and, and I forget what the title of that was, but um, this is, yeah, the third go-round with more to come. With more to come, yeah. and it's, I think the it really is important to recognize that the women that uh, led that and made sure, and number one was their ability to communicate and uh, make everybody feel comfortable. It was about relationships, and to yeah. me, that's what art is, and that's why us women yeah. have that leverage and always yeah. have about building relationships, and they were a powerhouse. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, this has been a, a huge 
time in our lives for women to really not only support each other, but raise each other up and uh, really begin to say, you know, we we are here, we exist, we are thriving, we're a great community of of artists, and don't dismiss us. Um, you know, talking about that, I want to find out from each of you anything that's that's coming up that you want to mention that uh, that you're kind of processing right now. New work or new exhibitions? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well. Let's see. We talked about Wholesome Studios this weekend, November 10th and 11th in the West Bottoms. 30 artists plus Wholesome Gallery, uh, Seed Crusher Projects featuring Faviola Kalimayor, who is an emerging artist Mm -hmm. in Kansas City. Please come and see all of us this weekend. Uh, My work has coming off of the Plaza Art Fair where I transformed my the environment that I have in that 10-foot booth bringing that back into the studio and working in a way that is not just focused on an individual object Mm. but the Mm. environment also that the object is in and I'm excited to kind of see where that goes and how much of the environment I can include in that and then turn it outward outside of the studio I think Uh, the past few years, I've realized that art to me was always about combating social isolation. And more than ever, I feel that way. And so I don't like artwork to just stay in the studio where people can't see it. And I don't even really care that it stays in an environment like a kind of a a gallery that people don't feel is approachable. Mm -hmm. I would like to see my own work out in the world in any number of ways. And does that also include like the, the public art, like um, the uh, car, the... Um, streetcar. Streetcar, yeah. Streetcar. I mean, does that include that? Or, or are you talking more about less mainstream and that art where you don't really expect it? That's what I think. Yeah. Art yeah. where you don't yeah. expect it. And mm. and you, you we, mm. we have a certain... Uh, we have more say in that yeah. if we're not going through kind of the channels. I think sometimes the art world feels very gatekeeper-y to mm-hmm. me, and yes. we always have to find ways to get outside of that. Yeah, I For me, to speak up organizations like the Kansas City Artist Coalition, which is now led by Courtney Wasson and Cicely Jones, before that Marissa Stark, before that Janet mm-hmm. Simpson, many of us, including myself, would not really have found a foothold here Uh without the advocacy of that organization and the example of making your own opportunities. So if you get shut out of this show or this venue or whatever, go make a show of your own. Go have a show. Yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. Yeah. Are you familiar with Julie Albers? She had an exhibit at Crystal Bridges a few years ago, but she does the whole environment. Um, check her out. I think you'll enjoy that and, and sort of, yeah, your, your uh, work is progressing in that. I love the playful manner that it is, yes. Thank you. Yes. Oh. Um, I had something to say, and I forgot it. Well, while you're thinking of that, um, I've got my list here. 
and I'm going to be uh, working with uh, youth at through Arts Tech and through the Kansas City, Missouri Public Schools and the art teachers trying to get artists to go and visit and uh, present their work to young high school oh. students. We're also going to be even at an elementary Garfield. We're trying to get the low rider, um, oh, fun. the low rider bicycles involved because that Aww. is an art and it's yeah. finally yeah. being recognized. Thank yeah. goodness for Eric Arraza. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. on the show earlier he's, this. I think earlier this year. Yeah, he's amazing. He is. He yeah. Is. So um, also, we're going to be having breakfast with Santa at Arts Tech. It's a non for profit at fifteen twenty two Holmes. December 9th, and we always, it's our big fundraisers, but we always collect toys and have breakfasts for families that can't always uh, support that, but a lot of families do, so you don't know who's who's who, you just come in and have fun and get a gift and enjoy breakfast and community. Is there a website attached to that that we can share? Is yes, it? it's uh, artstech at... Um, dot org and you can drop off toys we're going to start collecting toys okay. and thank goodness for ragaza enzo and the brick they have uh we're gonna i'm gonna be setting up things there so people can contribute toys. oh good oh, good nice. so i'm a big community uh person the last but least i want to really really encourage people to go see a layered presence at the nelson because it is the most phenomenal uh exhibit with living artists that's the difference. It's living artists that are from the area here, and they're uh, mostly uh, Hispanic from the uh, Americas, North, uh, North America, Central America, South America. And it's just so powerful because they have the auditory now where you can do a QA mm -hmm. core, uh, mm -hmm. code and that. So I don't want to take up all the time, but the last thing is I'm working this summer, I mean this winter, just doing creating work. And I'm going to Mexico to be influenced. Oh, nice. Where in Mexico are you going to go? Oaxaca. Oh, man. I don't, I think, well, the last time I've been to Oaxaca wasn't with you. Oh. That was the first time. But I think uh, we went several years after that. Um, but you weren't a part of that. But that's where I met that's where I met you, Sue, and that was like the early 90s, right? <laughs> you know, we're going to take a real quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Artspeak Radio. In May 2022, the Heartland Labor Forum reported on censorship in public schools. This week, we'll follow up with KCMO school librarian Rebecca Parker about the escalation of book bans and the chilling effect it's having on our local libraries. Then... The Economic Policy Institute just did a checkup on the post-COVID economic health of the Midwest and found it to be sickly. Get the full report Thursday at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday at 5 a.m. KKFI is now posting new content every day to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI901FM. And thanks for lending us your ears since 1988. And we're back. Art Speak Radio, Maria Vasquez Boyd on 90.1 FM KKFI. Kansas City Community Radio. We have quite uh, quite a chunk of time. Teresa Dirks, Laura Nugent, Sue Moreno are here. We're talking about art, and we're talking about opportunities. We're talking all kinds of things. You know, uh, one thing that, that I wanted to ask you is that, just put out this question, do you think it hurts or hinders or elevates 
women artists to be in like women uh, uh, like artist collectives for women do you think that there's sort of this expectation of uh, what that would look like to others outside of a collective you know I, I think the reason why I ask that is because when when you know I talk about uh, Latino art people immediately have this uh, this idea of that the Latin art art will include some sort of cactus and sombrero. <laughs> I mean, there's all, I hate to say it, but right, Sue? But I mean, so do you think that that sort of follows in, in the tradition of, of women artists or women arts collectives? Just a, just a question. <laughs> you no, know. I don't think so, because I okay. think, I, I'm hoping that Maria, think times have changed. I that so. we don't yes. have yeah. that same uh, value, and that's why we're breaking out, and that's why we're meeting like this, yeah, and empowering each other. Because I think that's a good way to start. Like I started at Maddie Rose; they were extremely supportive. Jenny was and showed yeah. me how to oh, sure, frame sure. my work, how to put yeah. it out there. Come on, Sue. Yeah, I would yeah. have never done that otherwise. And the same with yeah. women collectives; we, we're pretty good about supporting each other and having fun. Absolutely, I, th I think so. Um, it, uh, an example of that would be um, at my last artist talk at the Healing Arts um, Bridge. Anna Farella um, from Arts KC was happened to be there, and I was talking about a book I was reading, Your Brain on Art. Yes, yes. And uh, it's a fabulous book. If you haven't picked it up, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm a former art teacher as well, and so... It, the connection, you know, things that I've witnessed in the classroom and how people respond to art. I think it is very vital that we continue. I was reading this morning, um, and they were talking about doodling. I'm going to get off subject here, so I'll no, have to go fine. back to it. <laughs> but um, anyway, they were talking about doodling and how that increases the blood flow in your frontal cortex and and just 20 minutes of doodling is is so beneficial but but back to what you were saying about women empowering women um anna connected me with the two authors of this book and there's wow. a neuro arts uh new neuro arts committee uh here in kansas city and so i'm going to be on that committee so i'm very excited mm. about that that possibility so it's uh you know it was a happy coincidence that that happened. So yes, you know, and I would be really interested up, interested in follow up because I I think a lot of times maybe the the presumption is that there's not a connection. I mean, between art and science and all of that, um, certainly there hasn't been in the, in the past. Well, this book has the data. Um, yeah. One of the yeah. authors is from John Hopkins Neuroscience. Uh, she's the head of the department mm -hmm. there. And they're, you know, it's confirming everything that we witness as, as an artist or an art teacher and the benefits of how art can heal, how mm -hmm. art can make you stronger, how art can mm -hmm. make you smarter. You know, it's, it's just it's obvious to me, but, yeah, but yeah. I love seeing it in black and white, and so I'm, I'm loving this book. I haven't finished it yet, but... Um. And everyone has witnessed that or maybe experienced that, what, what Teresa's talking about, in some time in your life, yeah? Oh, heck yeah. 
I think that if I didn't have that art, I would never have enjoyed school as much. That's why I went to school. Yeah. And because it was a yeah. form of expression, a way to communicate with other uh, yeah. students and adults. And it's a language in itself, whether we include it in poetry, dance, movement, or our areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, yes. it's necess like it just infuriates me when I see STEM and they forget the A. I said, mm -hmm. that is the bridge that holds the word yeah. together, it STEM. Is. Yeah. It is. It the is. The arts. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And in another section, I'll have to further yeah, show please. this to you, but they were talking about poetry and how the rhythm and rhyme of poetry yeah, uh, innately <laughs> brings um, something that we've experienced before yeah. and, and how it is very healing. And um, yeah, it, anyway, I'll, I'll share that passage with you yeah, someday. Because, you know, um, I, I've judged a couple of um, sessions now with the Artful Poetry through Kaufman and Kaufman Performing Center. And so we, uh, me and the other two judges, we get these poems and, and writings from young kids, and then they also send along a video. Um, and you can almost sense, and not only their performance, but certainly through their words, that there's something powerful here. There's something that they're connecting to. There's something that is helping them not only express themselves, but, but they have this idea, they have this concept, and it's such a strength, oh, you know. I love that. We're just very fortunate, you know, that uh, we, can, we can help guide our, our, the next generation mm -hmm. of artists and poets and performers. Yeah. And to not only be successful in art, but other fields. And I think that's what oh, God. Um, this book is, is implying or is indicating. So, and as a teacher, you know, you see that, the yeah. success that students have and the aha moment when they, yes, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we have just a few more minutes, but I want to go around the, the table here. And if there's anything that you want to mention that we haven't talked about or any sort of statement or anything that, that you want to bring to the table, um, yeah, now would be the time. Uh, we're going to close out this section, session of Art Speaker, I know. <laughs> and you know what? I, I think this lends itself to a much bigger, broader conversation that we'll just have to have you back. You know, I, I talked about uh, talked to Teresa about maybe us uh, having sort of read this book that you mentioned and then having some comments and, and discussion about that. But if you would, uh, Teresa, go ahead and start off and just whatever last-minute words you want to put out there. Okay. Or, yeah. um, I am thinking about an open studio so if you're interested um, drop me a note and I'll put you on the list um, I'm just I don't have any shows planned I'm uh -huh. just kind of working on a body of work currently um, I've had a lot of live things going on so my time in the studio has been a little limited but I'm very fortunate to um, to be able to do both of those things um, and um, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I uh, want to thank you for having us today. Absolutely. I uh, always, and it's been a pleasure to, 
to be on here with you ladies today. So, well, yes. I want to be you first too. on your studio list because I want your dog to sit on my foot. Okay, Benny will do that, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll leave a little hair on. He's shedding so bad right what? now. <laughs> What's that about? Just a doll. He's just a doll. He's a hundred pounds. He's just eating, and he's just like a. Uh, he thinks he's a little purse dog. Yeah, know, he, so. he's an overgrown kid is yeah. what he is. <laughs> and Laura? Well, uh, thank you, Maria, for having Absolutely. us. Uh, I would love to come back and talk about other things, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. S- s- I'm, I feel like we could have a discussion about stage of career, and which is a nice way of saying age. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. You're like, how do you accommodate that when you reach a lull? something yeah. that you perceive to be a lull how do you find opportunities for yourself to keep making work and showing your work and on yeah. that topic yeah. I would say never assume that you know all of the artists in Kansas City because for some reason this place yeah. is a flame to the mm-hmm. artists who are mm-hmm. moths and True. there are artists in our building wholesome who are emerging Zach Comstock Jackson Doughty uh, Kylie McConnell, Noel Choi, Isaiah Lee, William Plummer, mm, mm-hmm. uh, artists who you may not know yet. They yeah, are recently yeah. out of school, but they're professional. They're in a studio building. And so please come and see us at the Wholesome Studios this weekend. Yeah. Oh, and you know, you're, you're right, Laura. I mean, there's a lot of topics that I thought we would cover, and it's like, clunk, uh, didn't happen. But let's maybe look at some December or uh, January dates. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And Sue. Okay, well, I've got the storytelling uh, workshop at the Nelson, and I'm really getting into that thanks to Latino Arts had a course that helped me, and also I was with the moth telling my story, and it just opened up this whole vessel, and so veins were popping in my head. (laughs) And so also the miniature uh, toy museum is going to be hosting Maria's doll collection there is just incredible. Thank and so we're going to be doing a workshop on that storytelling and creating our own uh, characters. And they don't have to be dolls. They can just be characters that represent us or tell a story. I, love I like that. Thank you, Maria. You're the Absolutely. beast. Yes. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. You know, well, yeah, let's look at some January dates. Uh, you know, in mid-January, I'll be flipping to 9 o'clock a.m., but we'll try and get you on before then uh, so that you don't have to get up that early. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I also want to uh, say that next week, oh, God, we're halfway through November, November 15th. We'll have Consuelo Cruz, also our good friends Isaac Tapia and Rodrigo Alvarez, who are also in um, a layered presence. Um, certainly, they are instrumental in this mural scene, so uh, very active. Stay tuned for Jeff Harshbarger. Yay! from one to three and uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in today and honey I'm coming home